0: Hello, and welcome to the Counsel Culture Podcast, a podcast where we look through the lens of counselling in today's culture to help and equip you to live life to the full wherever you are. I believe that everyone should have access to and benefit from the core skills of counselling that help you do life well leading ourselves in relationships, mental and emotional health, work and navigating life in these really fast changing times. My name is Nicholas Marks and it is my pleasure to host Council Culture. Hey, if you haven't checked out episode one yet, then we'd love you to do that. There's some really good pearls of wisdom in there. Timely, Good Council, where Siobhan Barassi and Max Schneider share their insights of where we're at now and how to navigate this unique time of transition. Well, welcome to today's episode, episode two. I'm really excited to have a conversation with Claire Madden. Claire is a friend, a social researcher, author of Hello Gen Z, and public speaker who looks at life, times, and culture through a generational approach, particularly Gen Z and Gen Alpha. Hello, Claire, and welcome to Council Culture.
1: Hi, Nick. It's great to be with you.
0: Well, Claire, I just mentioned a couple of things about you, Um, the headlines. Can you tell us a little bit more about yourself and your story and whatever you're comfortable with?
1: Sure. Well, I'm in a job that everyone scratches their head and, well, what, what, what even is that? You know, it's social research and... I guess I kind of fell into it as such because I always had an interest in people and I'd worked with young people in our community for about a decade and and was just interested in how they're shaped and how they grow and, and develop and what's the impact of the society around our young people. And I think that sort of uh, fits neatly in the space of social research, which really is reflecting on on what's happening and asking the questions of why and mm. taking time to listen to people and understand what's going on and try and join those dots. So that's what I do in my job outside of that i um, I have a little daughter, which yeah. is very exciting and uh, and a wonderful husband and we love going for bush walks. that's probably my favorite morning activity. Yeah,
0: so you've had a well, I suppose everybody has, but you've had a particularly life-changing 12 months.
1: Absolutely. I mean, throw a pandemic in the mix, throw a becoming a mum in the mix, and you've uh, really got a different year.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Lots of new things. Yeah. Yeah. You mentioned joining the dots. Mm. So let's just talk about that for a second, because I think that's really important. So you, you, you're a curious person.
1: I'd say so, yes.
0: <laughs> yeah. How would I say? You ask more questions than you make statements.
1: Well, that would be a compliment. Hopefully I do. Um, I, I, think, I think there's a lot to learn around us all the time. And, mm-hmm. and I think in asking questions, the other piece of the puzzle to join dots is to reflect mm-hmm. and think, well, why is that happening? And so much of our society moves so quickly now and people are filling hours of their life moments as well so the big blocks and the smaller pieces are just consumed with more more content consumption Oh, i'm just going to scroll instagram while i've got 5 seconds people take their 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 phones to the bathrooms there's no moment where our brains aren't just you know That's taking true. more in and and i think we don't stop to reflect and even consider how we're we living and what's the impact of that what's the fruit of our decisions and how is it shaping our life personally? How is it shaping our family? How is it shaping our community and our broader society? And is that what we want? Is that what we want our kids to grow up in? Or can we actually have the power to change that by, by changing how we live?
0: Wow. So what's shaping – joining the dots mm. and therefore what's shaping us? Yeah. What we're allowing to shape us? Maybe with not even giving it much thought. Absolutely. Yeah. So we need people like you joining the dots.
1: Wow. Well, it's a it's a very fun area to be in.
0: That's yeah. uh, that's for sure. Cuz yeah. not all of us think like that.
1: Yeah, I think it, I think we we can think like that, but it it just takes te- taking a step back and putting reflection in the mix and yeah. and not just doing things because everyone does them. But saying, mm. "Hey, we're in a society now where apparently the world is spending over 10 billion hours a day on social media." Young people in Australia are spending almost three hours a day on social media. Why are we doing that? Mm. You know, what's it tapping into? Obviously something that's tapping into something of our humanity. But what's the impact? And, and hang on, why do we have an increase in mental health challenges? Why do we have an increase in anxiety? What's going on and, and how are we feeding that, you know? Mm. So, yeah, it's, it's I think something we could all do a little more of is probably stop and reflect
0: It's interesting, as you're saying that, I'm thinking there's a lot of different causes that we're called in to be concerned about now, and and I think rightly so in a lot of cases. So Mm. if we take, say, our climate, for example, and we can become very passionate about that, and I think that's a good thing. Mm. But I'm not hearing a lot of people getting really rolled up or passionate about 10 billion hours of social media being consumed every day, and Mm. what impact is that having um, on us as a well, let's say the word climate or our culture, mm. same thing in a sense. Absolutely. Um, there's not a, a call to arms or a sense of urgency about that, is there?
1: Absolutely. And, and I think some of the research I actually got to partner with you guys at AIFC on, mm-hmm. the National Wellbeing Report, we were looking at, everyone's been talking about the global pandemic for over 12 months now, but what about the silent pandemic happening underneath the surface? Wow. And And that silent pandemic and the research that we did showed that there's been an increase in, you know, in mental health challenges since all the restrictions came in and the disruption it caused people's um, to people's lives increased isolation, yep. separation from loved ones. Interestingly, it had a flaw on effect to work, like people feeling a lack of motivation. Um, physical exhaustion and burnout, so much time on screens. And it was good we could use the screens to connect and Definitely. keep things going, but it was obviously showing us swinging that way was missing something that we need as people, relationships, connection, face-to-face interaction. So I think, you know, there's um, there's a lot in, in you know, 10 billion hours a day on social media mm. well, What's the flow and effect of that?
0: What, yeah, downstream. What does that? What What does that do? Yeah, is that that's still working itself out, isn't it? I mean, we we, we guess we know there's some problems. There's some good things about it. We don't want to be all anti social media, but it's good to stop and go. You know, like, as you said, pause and reflect. Look at some of those dots and where are they joining? What does it mean? Yeah, yeah, and, and I suppose we've got to start with ourselves, isn't it? Because it's easy to go out to the world and say the global we, um, is it, start, it all starts at home, doesn't it?
1: Oh, absolutely, and I think I'm so aware of it having had a, a baby and, I mean, in my job I talk about, you know, the impacts of screens interrupting parents to children, so it does start at home. You know, you're yeah. like, why are your kids on screens all the time, but then you walk in from work and you're on your screen <laughs> or you let your screen interrupt a conversation yep. you're having with your kid and I think it's... It's just crept into our lives yeah. more than we realise and yeah. I'm trying to make a conscious effort. I don't want my baby girl watching me just connected to this screen all the time mm. but mm. becoming aware of, oh, my gosh, I do touch it way more than I probably would even realise myself. So it absolutely starts with yourself.
0: Yeah, yeah. Claire, you are a self-described dot joiner.
1: Oh, thank you. My new title.
0: New title. I'll throw that one in the mix. Um, you sort of fell into that, mm. asking questions, pausing, reflecting. Um, you do that. Could I assume you do that intentionally, like you just mentioned going for bushwalks, yep. getting out and about in nature. Is that Does that help in those things where you can – it's hard to pause and reflect when you're busy, busy, busy.
1: Oh, absolutely. I think it's building into your lifetime where you're not taking in more, yep. where you're not letting other things interrupt you. Mm. And I love nature for that. I think nature is the best reset that we can do. Step outside, find the trees, go for a walk, look at the stars. It's things that we've squeezed out of our life and yet absolutely can just help our, our mind be clear and feel healthy again.
0: And that's often where the gems or the, the some of those um, insights can come, isn't it, when you're just out walking or whatever it might be that, that helps you reset. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and just some pearl of wisdom comes into your mind.
1: Yeah, and I think if we want to make an impact on the world, and pretty much everyone, if you really get to the bottom of it, wants to do that. They want to leave the world a better place. They want their life to have significance. Yeah, we can just like waste away our hours without even realising what we're doing with our days, without even realising. And if we want to stand out in the culture we live in, Mm -hmm. surely that means we have to do something different to... What the culture is pushing us into, and what you know the slip the the stream that everyone else is just sort of on. Surely we need to step out of that and think. I'm in, I'm going to live intentionally,
0: mm.
1: not just at you know the way that it is easy to live. Perhaps
0: that everybody seems to be doing. Yeah. 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 Oh, that's so good. Let's talk about generations. Are generations different?
1: Mm. This is the good question, isn't it? <laughs>
0: Getting into it now. Yeah, so <laughs>
1: generations I think is a, a area of sociology, an area of study where you look at what were the shaping influences that affected a, peop- a group of people that grew up at around the same time. So technology, world events, demographics. And how did that shape the way that people think, their values, their work ethic, um, their sense of what's normal? Their worldview, and and you might think, oh, it's all the same for everyone. Well, well, actually, the way my grandparents grew up through the Great Depression and through World War II affected the way that they live. They they are incredibly frugal. They can make the most of it. And my pop would always find an old piece of wood on a council clean up and turn it into something beautiful, make a jewelry box for someone because he he could value something and, and turn it in, into, into something because that was deep value from not having much, you know. And I think Gen Z at the moment are in those formative years where they're in high school, they're in university, they're starting their careers and think about what shaped them. This technology which is uh, ever-present and from their waking moments to the moments they go to sleep, they're on these devices their normal. A world of Wi-Fi is their normal. Mm. Interestingly, the global pandemic, the COVID-19 pandemic is, is going to absolutely be a thing that these generations, particularly growing up now, talk about in the future and say, that changed the way I, pro- I approached work. That changed the way I valued relationships or spent money or saved money. And these things, particularly in those key years where you're growing up, absolutely leave an imprint on then how you go on and live.
0: Especially when it happens in your younger formative years. Yeah,
1: I, I, th- I think that's a, a critical time. Obviously you mature and there's influences, you know, mm-hmm. pandemics affected all generations. But I think it's going to have a profound lasting effect, say, on our, our Gen Zs who have it's hit at the start of their careers. Suddenly they were so empowered being able to have a job here, mm-hmm. use the gig economy to make extra money, travel the world. That was all just part of growing up. All of that just... You know, stopped overnight almost, and it was very confronting for them.
0: It was almost overnight, wasn't it? Yeah. That, that week in March, it was. Just, yeah. We, we all remember that. Wow, that's huge. That is huge. What's shaping us? Just for our listeners, and and a good one for me as well. Can we just walk through briefly some of the differences or the generations? If we go back from sure. the builders or boomers, what are the different years that they um, they fall into?
1: Yeah. So. Sociologists will use different years, but the ones I go with is that the builders were born nineteen forty five and before
0: uh-huh.
1: the baby boomers were born nineteen forty six to nineteen sixty four so the post world world war two baby boom saw the growth of the population and then we've got gen x nineteen sixty five to nineteen seventy nine Give the thumbs up to them
0: yeah Nick. No, that's that's me yeah.
1: Yep. We then have our Gen Ys or our Millennials uh, and that's born, they're born 1980 to 1994. So that's like a 15 – they kind of start to be in 15-year cohorts. Then yeah. our Gen Zs, I'd say from 1995 to 2009 with Gen Alpha or perhaps we'll call them Generation Coronials or something after <laughs> the coronavirus from, from the year 2010 to, to 2024 they'll be born.
0: Right. Okay. Some of the, the headline standout differences, say, uh, boomers yep. and Gen Z. What are some of the yeah. <laughs> other ends Yeah, of the boomers spectrum? to
1: Gen Z. And the interesting thing is they're all in the workforce together at the moment. Yeah. So you think about um, I think the big difference is growing up in a paper-based world to growing up in a, a digital world and all the disruption that's happened, the speed of change which Gen Z expect as part of life. The built-in conveniences and comforts that have come with a lifestyle that you're hungry, you just order Uber Eats. It arrives at your at your
0: door. Mm.
1: You need a car? No, you don't. You just get jump in an Uber and you're taken here or there. Or and and I think the customer expectations of this can be personalised for me, and this can be quick and instant, frictionless transactions. Um, the world moves fast, and it's suited to me, and it should be tailored to me, and I should be able to do it without having to leave my couch, you know, open a bank account or buy something from overseas or whatever it is. So different to a world that our baby boomers grew up in. Yeah. Um. And, and, and the thing to remember is that we need each other. So mm. it's not, oh, baby boomers, they're, you know, the, the phrase Gen Z made, okay, boomer, like you just totally don't get us. Um, you're so old. But actually, of course, the wisdom of the baby boomers who have built a lot of the institutions we have today and shaped a lot of what we have in society, have the wisdom, the experience to actually have tried and tested some things and say, well, this actually works if you stick at it like this for for some time. So we need each other but uh, at the same time boomers need Gen Z to stay fresh, to think differently, to be challenged in things because the world has shifted.
0: Do you think there could be more in common with the builders and the alphas? in terms of maybe having a life-changing event. I mean, I'm not mm. going to compare World War II to a pandemic, but they've both come out of something that has been lo- world-shaping. Yeah, I it's going
1: it's definitely going to be interesting how how it affected them. I think I know my n- nana seemed to uh, cope with the global pandemic differently in that they know they can get through hard times and these things come and they yeah. they, they will pass compared to, say, even my generation who we were all – absolutely thrown by this thing and oh my gosh is you know we've never seen anything like this well older generations went yep yeah, okay this these things happen and we'll get through it you know and so yeah I think um it, it's interesting to see the impacts uh, on on different ones but the little alphas I know there were preschool kids who were drawing pictures of, of kids and people and saying mommy can you write two meters apart from each other and Drawing social distancing at preschool,
0: you know, and that sticks with you, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah, thinking.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: Yeah, back to your comments, Claire, about needing each other. If you're getting, maybe it's a great time to hear stories from the older generations, like you just said. How do we, how do we make that happen? If you like, where we're disconnected more, that's that's maybe a question for us to carry.
1: Yeah, I, and I think I think we need to make a concerted effort to value each other, and listen to each other, and take the time. Build a relationship and to understand each other, and to really say, "Well, tell me why on earth, why why are you on TikTok? What is going on? Why do you use that? How?" And as you start to rather than just go, "Get off your phone," you know, "What are you doing on your phone? How does that work?" And Mm. suddenly they'll feel valued and they'll open up and say, "Oh, well, actually, it's because of this and this and this." Well, you've got then a a place, a context to probably be able to speak into their life. Mm. Same with. If young people want to be wise, I think ask questions of the older generations.
0: With the generations, Claire, um, we're talking about transition. Generations have distinct differences and things that shape us and they're formative. What are some of the transitions that the different generations are now going through or or do we transition a bit differently based on the generation that we are part of?
1: Yeah, um, good question. So with transition, I think... Generation Z expect constant, fluid, ongoing transition. So they expect the app to always improve. They expect the platform Uh, to always have updates, to always be faster, better, you know, cooler, more relevant than it was last week.
0: Version 5.3.2.
1: Yeah, you go into a youth store now, a clothing store, and it's not – Four times a year that they change their their shop around with different clothes. It's weekly. It's fifty two week fashion cycles now. It, you know, week by week. Sorry, not not four four seasons a year. And so they're expecting the constant change, um, much more than a older generation who probably would expect things to change more gradually or. Uh, At more intentional shifts, like oh, I'm going to plan my retirement in a couple, you know, in a few years, and that's going to be a big shift, and 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 whatever, and you know, maybe build build plans around that. I think Gen Z expect just constant fluid transition.
0: Hmm. So throw a pandemic in the mix here, Hmm. and there's that that dynamic of fast moving change. I'm used to it. Um, I'll generalize here and say maybe as we get older in the generations, we we maybe don't cope with or we handle differently when things are moving fast, how we handle change and therefore how we transition in that. What's the pandemic doing to that that dynamic? It's, you mentioned the older generations maybe have been through some things, so mm. they're like, you know, um, this, too, perspective, yeah. this too shall pass. Mm. Um, but if you're young and you haven't been through something before, you're like, well, ha- what are some of the transition changes that are happening?
1: Yeah, I think it was... M- probably more confronting to the younger generations in that because of that perspective the older generations have had that they can get through things, you know, whereas this absolutely um, shocked young people. Their lifestyle instantly changed. Their next few years of what they could see when I finish school, I'm going to travel the world, I'm going to, you know, um, work overseas for a year, I'm going to study over there, I'm going to – all of that totally on hold.
0: The list that I've got of yeah my gunner list.
1: My gunner list and yeah. my uh, even lifestyle of going to cafes, going out, you know, all of that just totally uh, came to a halt. And what I found young people start to talk about when I was asking them the impact of the pandemic was for the first time I heard them talking about their security needs being important. Ah. So if you think about Maslow's hierarchy, he says yeah. our survival and security needs need to be met first. Then once they are, we start to care about our social needs, our self-esteem needs, and self-actualization. And younger generations, when it's come to work in my research in the past, i have always talked about, I want my social needs to be met. I want a relatable boss. I want friends at work. I want self-esteem needs. I want to contribute and feel like I can use my skills. I want my self-actualization needs to be met. I want a sense of purpose at work. Suddenly, they started talking about, I need a job. I need money. I need a buffer. I need to save. I need a secure job. I'm freaking out about the security financially. Security needs came into focus for the first time. Older generations have had them much more foundationally as part of how they build. So they've said, I'm going to get a job in that place because I know it's hard work for a few years to build my way up the organisation. But that's okay. That's what you do. That's how you you build. And so I think it's sort of brought a bit of balance perhaps into our younger yeah. generations.
0: So there's been a levelling in some ways.
1: Mm.
0: You mentioned making a difference. That's been a big factor for the generations, particularly Gen Z. I want to yeah. make a difference. I want to make an impact.
1: Yeah. And, and when I talk to baby boomers, they also want to make a difference and want to make an impact. But what I find is interesting is that the age at which Gen Z are talking about this – and that it, that's a priority in the job they take, as in their first job. You know, is it making a difference in the world? Whereas probably when your baby boomers were starting out. It was that probably wasn't the first thing on the on the list. I want to get a job. Oh, I need a job. I need a secure. Op- I need an opportunity to where I can you know have a secure job. And I think for Gen Z, they want it to be fun and they want it to make a difference. And and, and I think they've grown up seeing uh, a lot more globally and the 24-hour news cycles and I guess the, you know, a lot of the issues and mess in the world. And they're saying, and they've also grown up with a voice. So they've grown up very empowered by being able to have a say. And so they want to combine those two things and say, well, I want my voice to count. I want to make an impact. I want my life to, to, you know, make this world a better place. I find often though they lack the context or perhaps knowing the next steps on how they actually do that apart apart from maybe, you know, sharing something on social media or – and I mean many are active. I'm not not writing that off but I think that's where older generations can actually help say, well, you know the way we make a difference. It does take some time here. Yep. But – perhaps if we work at this together or if we build this and, and try and help them realise the journey of how do you make a lasting impact?
0: We're not post-pandemic yet, not by any mm. means, but as let's just say as that happens, there's a real opportunity here for us with the generations to reconnect and understand that we actually do need each other. As you get mm. older, it's great to be around younger people in terms of their attitude. It's refreshing and, and their openness and, and just seeing the world through their eyes And vice versa, the younger people with the older generations.
1: Mm. I think one of the the best things that happened in the times of restrictions were that you you know one of the only reasons you could leave the house was to exercise, and you look out your window or you go for a walk and you'd see entire families riding bikes together. Entire families going on walks, like I'm talking teenage kids with their parents. When do you see that? You know,
0: no, it's, you know, it's hard work.
1: And it, it brought the family unit together in a beautiful way for those months. And and I guess I'm hopeful that something like that could continue, not only in the family unit, but in the workplace. Yeah. When you're young, you're absolutely modeling your life whether you realize it or not off people around you. So you're true. looking up to them. Yeah. You're observing them. You're you're thinking that person inspires me and I want to be like that when I grow up or and and if we can as whatever generation we are, there's always people younger than us that we can actually take note of and invest in. Yeah. Simply by taking a bit of time, maybe taking them for coffee, maybe asking them how they're going and start to shape that life. I tell you that that will change that person's life more than, more than you can realise.
0: Oh, that's great. And you pick up on that in your book, um, Hello Gen Z, available where all good books are sold, um, <laughs> on that family really matters to the younger generations.
1: Yeah, and they might not say, hey, mum and dad, I really value your input. Thank you so much for the boundaries you're setting me and thank you so much for... You know, um, shaping values for me, Mum. You that's, know, Dad. It's coming. I know
0: a, it'll happen <laughs> one day.
1: That thank you will come. But at this, but they they absolutely did tell me how important Mum and Dad were, how important their family were. Their um, they would really often respect their parents and listen to them, even if perhaps they would just grunt back at them or or what it might be. So we can't underestimate the power of relationships particularly in the family. It starts in the household. It starts in family. Don't underestimate your role as a parent and don't give up on parenting because it seems like they don't need me or they don't want me. They absolutely need you and it might take a while, but I'm sure they will recognise the impact and investment you made later on down the track.
0: Claire, each section, each podcast, we have a section called Good Counsel. And so it's one thing that you would like to share as your good counsel for our listeners, as a takeaway, as a tip, as something to put into practice. What would be your your good counsel today?
1: I think the theme that has come through the various areas we've talked about today is if we take time to ask questions and listen to the different generations, to understand, it will build any bridges that we need rather than create bigger divides. So from the teams you're leading and working out how do we navigate new time, new season, new era and culture, ask questions. How are you going? How does it work working from home? Are you feeling motivated? What's hard about that? What's it like when you come to the office? How could we make that better? What you know? What, what's the best thing about our culture that we don't want to lose? What do you think we could change? Ask the questions. At home, ask the questions. How's your young person going? How How's school? What's going on at school? What are the dynamics? What's happening in the playground? What technology are they using? How are they using it? Why? I tell you, that will help build relationships more than anything else. So ask questions and listen.
0: Wow. And that was unscripted. And as a council culture podcast, I would have to heartily agree with the emphasis on asking good questions and being a really good listener. That's great. Yeah. Anything I'd add to that maybe is, should we be prepared to get some answers that might be uncomfortable?
1: Absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) The truth can be a bit uncomfortable to take, but can absolutely lead us forward
0: yeah oh that's very well said i think we might leave it there for today and claire i just want to really thank you for your time and your wisdom and experience and being passionate about social research and being able to give you a new title as being a dot connector
1: dot connector i like it thanks so much great to be with you
0: a special thank you to you our listeners for joining us for this episode If you know people who, like you, are passionate about growing and learning and transformation, why don't you share this episode with them and also hit the subscribe button and give us a review. It all helps to spread the word. We really want your input to this podcast, so visit us at councilculture.org.au where you can send in your questions or recordings on a variety of topics, which we'll use to explore in future episodes. Thanks again, and remember, together we can impact our culture through good counsel. See you next time.